Why don't we hit record and uh, have ourselves a pleasant uh, experience, everybody? Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, and away we go. And away we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto Aventuras, Mexico, and from our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront, and from Lisa's dining room table next to Sticks in a Vase, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who celebrated Family Day away from family. It's Humble and Fred. And it's good to be back with our Humble and Fred family. Humble Fred, Dan. Our buddy Jeff Lumby checking in today. That'll be one of our guests. And we're going to talk more about the world of condos. Our very first condo report with Nick Ennis. Nick Ines will be with us later and uh, become a regular contributor on our program. We'll talk about that. I, uh, it's funny you brought up a family day. Do you or do people wish one another a happy family day? Um, I saw a text yesterday from Delise to uh, our family. Uh, family chat, we call it. Yeah, we're on one. And uh, it said, happy uh, family day, everyone. Love you. So, there. Is that an answer? That's the same thing with us. Uh, the two girls, ex-mom, ex-mom. They're ex-mom. Uh, the two girls, ex-wife Randy and I, are on a family chat. And there was some family chat wishes going back and forth. Daniel, did you uh, and Colton wish one another a happy family day? No, we didn't go that far. We just <laughs> we, did. we, you know, we, we didn't. We, we're not that emotional, you know. We're German. We didn't go that far. You mean you're talking to your far. son? You didn't wish him happy Family Day yesterday? Didn't it, didn't occur to me. Well, <laughs> to, to, I just <laughs> I didn't send him a card. No, I just love his response. I didn't go that far. I mean, come on, it's not as it's not that special of an occasion, Howard. Plus, I. Uh, it's Quebec. Do they celebrate it? Maybe not until the government agrees to subsidize them. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> We're not doing yeah. this family day thing until we get, give us more government money, more subsidies, yeah. and we'll do it. Well. Maybe that's the situation. That didn't take long to just get right into it. Mm-hmm. Subsidies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> want subsidies. Why don't you subsidize this? Um, well, anyway, Dan, Fred, I uh, hope you had a lovely family day. I, um, yes, I did. A couple days. We've been off now for four days because we respect the family so much. We couldn't work yesterday. Um, I had a bit of an incident. I, and and I, I'm going to say this, Dan. I, I want to tell this story without you wondering, oh, no, is, I'm coming to Mexico. Is this going to happen to me? You know, I've had a bit of a stomach issue off and on for a few years, and every so often it flares up and whatever. So what I'm about to tell you, I think, had more to do with my ongoing issues than something to do with the Mexican water or bacteria. Because, you know, those, as we were telling you the other day, because you seem to be concerned, Fred and I were telling you that, you know, there's just the olden days of people coming down here and getting sick from eating the vegetables or the water. It's long gone. They're very, they're very big on water purification, etc. Yes, Freddie? You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Other than water out of the tap, you, got, you can't. 
that hasn't really changed. Uh, you no, know, but there, to my experience in in Mexico, but I'm you know, nice yeah, you can't yeah. drink the water out of the tap. But you no. know, if you get some on you, you know, washing dishes or you, you're not. Oh, it's no. it's not going to be an issue. No, but I definitely have had a bit of a flare up with my stomach, and the other day, I can't remember f- f- Friday, I guess, for, or Saturday, I was at the golf course, and I. Uh, you know, I was experiencing a little bit of issue. You know, my stomach was bugging, bugging me a bit. But anyway, I went to the grocery store on the way home to pick up some groceries. And I don't know if you guys do this, but sometimes before I go shopping, I need to eat something. Like if I haven't eaten all day, I will have something like just something to tide me over so that I'm not buying groceries based on how hungry I am in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's very smart. I don't do that, but that's very smart. Well, even if I'm at my house, I'll have something. If I haven't eaten yet, I won't do it on an empty stomach. I won't go grocery shopping. So I go to the grocery store, and they've got one of these places there where you can get like a taco, like a homemade taco, and it's really good. And so I had a couple of them. I was really hungry. And then I shopped for a half an hour. And then, and then I stood in that line. And it's a you'll see when you're here, Dan, it's, a, there's, it's just always multiple people over multiple lanes of the cashier. And it was one of those situations where I started to feel a little gurgling in my stomach. And I thought, you know, I should be okay. And then as the line took longer and longer, I was like, <laughs> what? I started thinking, what if I'm not okay? Like, what's my move here? Like, do I run to the bathroom? Do I leave my cart there? And I, I was gonna say yes. What? Yeah. But like, leave your card in line. Or like, leave it as a like. Like, hey, I'll be right back after I a go. Marker. <laughs> like a grocery. Like no, exactly. Like a cart marker. What yeah. What's that? Finish, and I'll tell you what I might do. But go ahead. Because I, I, I can't wait to hear what you did. Well, no, but well, this won't. Listen, I, I know what you're. It would be so much a better story if, in the end. You know, I made duty in my pants at the Shadrawi, which is the name of the grocery store, but I didn't. I hung in long enough. I, I felt confident enough that I drove the five minutes to go home. I got through the line eventually. But it got so bad. When I got here, I couldn't wait to get the groceries. And I came in, and of course, I had to uh, do my business. And I've been very, uh, I've been sort of sick ever since. Like, not continually, but I haven't been, you know, 100%. Yourself. Yeah. Um, but that's as close as I've come in a long time to, you know, a, a public incident. Did you have to change your underwear? I didn't. But I will tell you this, Dan, as I was driving into the area where I live, I kept looking on the side of the road thinking, OK, because I'm not going in this rental car. <laughs> I've already got enough. I've got enough trouble with the rental car. I'm not doing this in the rental car. I'm thinking, okay, I would just jump to the side of the road and then just let her go in some bushes. <laughs> so anyway, For prime spots. I, I was honestly, Dan. I was I, from the front gates of where I live to my apartment is about three minutes. And the I gates was, of hell. The gates of hell. <laughs> what would you do? Oh, no, no, no. I, again, I was hoping that you shit yourself on the line. It would have been a much better story. A hundred percent. Goes what I would say. Yeah. In fact, we could have packaged it and sent it to our old general manager. <laughs> I um, oh, I know. He'd love that story. See? 20 years later, and still going strong. No, I mean, I, if I had the card, I would have pulled out of the line and sacrificed my spot in the line and went and had a sit down. And been totally relieved and then got back in line. I wouldn't sit there and sort of time it. 
be in, in discomfort, you know, and bet against myself that I'm going to shit myself. That's all I, I was saying. When you said you didn't want to leave the line, I thought small sacrifice. If oh, no, 100 percent. Yeah, I would have yeah. left. But it was one of those things where it was kind of coming on, you know, sort of slowly. And I started to, you know, feel it in the line. And the, I was it's a long line, Dan. You'll see there's this, it's one thing that they haven't figured out down here. Is opening enough enough opening up enough lanes anyway, but I didn't. In the end, I didn't. Uh, but I have been a bit uh, uncomfortable for a few days. Mm. I feel it in my bowels. <laughs> I feel it in my arse. <laughs> oh no! Now we'll send, now we've got a something. Now we've got a bit. See, Jane, Jane, we ended it with a fun song. Well, you, <laughs> you said I could feel it so. That oh, just rang through my head, I know, as I know. those songs do. I know um, they do. How eat well? The thing is, like, so what's the what's the what's the conclusion here? You think it was something you ate? No. You think it's a small virus? You think it's uh, it's this problem that you've had ongoing? A little what bit of it? that. I think it's the last. I mean, because I, I, you know, I'm, I've sort of returned to normal, um, but I was. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that just seems to be an ongoing issue. So, Dan, I don't want you to be scared off of coming to Mexico. Dan's arriving two weeks from today. I think Dan's. You're, you're, it's a long way to come for like three days, aren't you? You're coming for like three, you're you're coming for you're coming on a Tuesday, leaving on a Thursday. What is your schedule? That's pretty much it. Yeah, somewhere in there, Wednesday. It's a week. Oh no, no! I thought you were only coming for a couple of days. No. You're coming Tuesday, leaving the next day oh, because right. you got That's a cheap flight. Saying. No, no, the following. Yeah, I got a cheap flight, and yeah. All right, well, <coughs> it's a week thing. away. Wednesday, he'll be there. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So just five full days. Because no. you're leaving on the Monday, right? Yeah. Well, you're coming on a Tuesday afternoon. Travel days don't count. So Even if you leave at night? Ah, you're still thinking about it. Anyway, okay, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Five okay. and a half. Well, no, you're not. You're Five. leaving. You're, Dan's coming on a Tuesday afternoon, and you're leaving on a Monday afternoon. So Fred's right. Yeah. You really. So your first full day will be Wednesday, and your last full day will be Sunday. Yeah. But I promise you, considering what we do together, it'll seem much longer. <laughs> I'll make sure it seems much longer. You know... I hear this a lot with guys in their 60s, too. Like you just said, it was a cheap flight. You know, as we get older, we got to be a little kinder to ourselves. So you shave days off for the sake of a couple of hundred bucks on a flight? And Uh, and I know that's weird coming from me, but honestly, I'm taking on this new philosophy of 68. We're in our 60s. How much longer you get the opportunity to do things for? So really, for maybe you're right here and there. You got to be kinder to yourself. I have to adopt that philosophy. It was 400, by the way. But yeah, I'm sorry. It was what? An extra 400 to fly out the following Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because it's getting close to spring break and stuff. So things got pretty uh, well, you know, Dan, at your age, you know, when you get to be here and, you know, Dan's in his late 70s, you've only got a few more years to go. So is <laughs> this the four, Fred philosophy? Well, is four hundred dollars on your deathbed? Are you going to be like, oh, I'm so glad I saved that four hundred dollars so that I could, you know, uh, get a cheaper flight to Cancun? Well, let me tell happened. you something. Yes. Go ahead. Let me, quickly, let I'll me. just interject. Oh, OK, because I right. guarantee 
the day you're leaving, you're thinking, fuck, I wish I'd have just spent the extra and stayed a few more days. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Aaron fucking <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, we were we were roommates for a long time. Well, it'll be it'll be one of those things. Where I wish I'd have spent more. And I could have gone earlier. <laughs> yeah. What was I, I will thinking say going down there? With <laughs> That's right. Dan, what were you going to say? I was I. Like, I don't know if you guys have done the same thing when you're trying to book flights these days without a travel agent. I should have spent the money on a travel agent and saved myself the grief. Mm-hmm. Because the amount of time, you know, on uh, Flight Hub to, uh, I don't know, Travelocity and comparing it to, you know, Kayak and then going to the, you know, WestJet, whatever it was that I did. It was it was not a 15, it was like a few hours. Okay. And... It was a few hours, and then by that time I was fatigued, and that's these are the choices. No, I made. if I may, you know, and and this new Fred philosophy has been my philosophy for some time, which is just throw money at it. <laughs> but that being said, you know, we both he and I have booked ourselves a lot of flights over the last few years, many, many, many flights, and it doesn't have to be that stressful because of what we just said. It's only stressful if you're trying to find. The cheapest option you can. And I'm not saying you spend, and and this isn't about you spending way more money, but for, you know, a man in his mid-60s, if, you know, you you went to Air Canada or WestJet, I could have told you the WestJet flight my my kids took. It was a direct flight, Toronto-Cancun, you know, came on a Saturday, left on a Saturday. Actually, I think they came on a Saturday, left on a Sunday. Anyway, but it was like $900. So only a few hundred dollars more than you spent. So my point is, Having had the experience that we've had the last few years of booking multiple flights, you know, I don't go on. I mean, yeah, I'm looking for, you know, I'm not looking for the cheapest flight I can find. I'm looking for the most convenient flight I can find. Well, that's it. I mean, when I brought when we brought the kids down here for that week holiday at the all inclusive, I spent like, I think, close to six hundred more dollars. Because I think the Air Transat flight was something like seven twenty, and I'm thinking a, a, a you know nine and ten year old or nine and eleven year old, what like I have to get have to get them up at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I spent a few hundred bucks more, and the flight was like at ten twenty, which was so Howard. It goes to what you say for convenience, you know, direct convenient time, and not only that. Like if I go to something like Expedia. And there's even a little measure of frustration. You just phone them. They almost pick up the phone immediately, those people. They'll help you out. Hmm. Almost okay. like a travel agent. They'll help you out. Because they may see stuff that you've missed or overlooked or just came up. So that's oh. an option. Okay. Oh, yeah. That. Well, uh, but listen, Dan, I promise you, we're, we're, when you're here, where I'm already setting up a, a couple of uh, fun things for you to do. We're going to go, uh, hopefully, to go Cozumel. We'll go scuba diving. I promise you, we're going to pack a lot of stuff in to the 24 hours that you're going <laughs> to be here. I promise okay. you that. that okay. Great. We're going to do lots of fun stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've even uh, figured out a way for you to get some of your... Uh, you know, some of your weed. I've got that figured out for you. These are all great things that you're telling me right now. And uh, hey, if, if yes. uh, you know, in past trips, you've had medical issues and had to fly back once. So, uh, yeah, once. Well, I didn't. I mean, I came back from Mexico a year ago, in November, because I was having some heart issues again. But no. Yeah. What's your point? Well, the point is, is if when I'm down there in this, you know, whatever's happening to your abdomen area. Mm hmm. 
calls you back to Canada, then what do I do? I just hang out with the, you know, give me the keys and things to, mm-hmm. yeah. Why not? Uh, sure. Okay. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. Because remember, uh, your former roommate or housemate or whatever we were, uh, my brother David, who is very excited to hang out with you. Oh, okay. David's right. here. And so if I were called away for some sort of medical emergency, which I, I mean, to be fair, yes, that's in the realm of possibility, obviously. Uh, I've got you taken care of, okay? Okay, good. No, right. I, the only thing is, Dan, you'll have to go through the bullshit of, no, Howard, I should go home with you to make sure you're all right. Or I wouldn't <laughs> feel right, Howard, if you left and I was here. And then after about the third time, Howard says, oh, it's okay, Dan. You go, okay. Yeah, all exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You're going to yeah. go through that, actually. We'll send you the script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's our situation, everybody. Welcome back. I hope everyone enjoyed the... I, I, I am a little unclear and maybe you guys can clear this up. Does so? You mentioned Quebec. You're not sure if if Quebec gets that day off. I looked it up. I it they don't. But does the rest of the country get that day off? No, it's no, uh, just Ontario. Really, it's no, an Ontario sorry. thing. Other provinces may have adopted it, but when we got on when we got Family Day, I think it was an Ontario um, initiative. I but New Brunswick, Alberta, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and British Columbia do observe it. No. They had it before we did a few of the before a few of those provinces. Actual now is that religious based, Dan? Did Jesus give everybody family like February nineteenth off when they were apostling with him? It was like, hey guys, listen, let's take tomorrow. let's get back with our families for a couple of days before the Last Supper or whatever. Yeah, well, no, it's uh, nothing to do with religion. It's all about family. Mm. But it is it is tracked like uh, Easter. It's, you know, it's this is the third Monday in February is when the uh, family day happens. For most of most of the provinces, and remember, for a long time they were saying there was too much time between you know New Year's and Easter, and we needed a holiday. And they talked about it for years and years, and then came up with this concept. And I think it's good. People deserve you know time off. It's just one day you know in February, but I think a lot of people appreciate it and enjoy it and use it. I um, contacted both of my actually. I spoke to all three uh, members of my. Glass people family, I call them. I talked to Randy. She's in Florida with her mother. I talked to uh, Spenny and Charlie. And, you know, I haven't seen... I, I, did, I talked to them on the phone, but I really wanted to have a, a Zoom call with them because I haven't seen either of them since the last week of December. And I'm going to be honest wow. with you, too. I'm going to... It's too long for me. It's a really long time, and I, I miss them. I miss seeing them. I miss being around them. And as much as it's great and we're very lucky to be able to do the show where we are and looking out at you know beautiful sunny skies i do miss that and um i mean they're gonna have to do one or two things i'm gonna have to shorten this holiday thing or this work uh, away thing or or get them to come back or because last fall they came and visited me which was great but it's a long time between visits um I don't know, but I guess we should just check. Buddy Doug, who's in the next room, says that uh, he's not getting any audio off the Facebook feed. Can you check that? Is it him or? Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, that's I. I can't imagine. Um, so it's him. It's not us. I just want to make sure in case it was an us thing and not a him thing. Uh, yeah, well, I I've never been able to control. I can't separate any audio. So From if we if the feed's yeah. on, then the feed's on. No, I just checked that on my phone. I'm fine. We're okay. Fine. Okay. 
I mean, maybe he's connected to Bluetooth into something, right? Yeah, maybe. Come on, buddy, Doug, okay. figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that uh, Doll feels the same. I'm sure you do too. But I, Doll feels the same about being there for two months. You know, I'm only in. This is my fourth week here, but I spent seven weeks here in the fall, and I did see my kids. But because of uh, some circumstances with them, they went away at the end of December, and uh, I won't see them in person until the 31st of March, and it's too far, It's too long for me. No, I get it. Um, I get it. Like, I mean, as of tomorrow, I'm here two weeks. I, can't, I have something like seven more. I don't know. But I'm, I'm fitting in nicely, sitting in those Muskoka shares, strolling up and down the beach, playing a little bocce, swimming. I've taken on the mind frame. Yes, I'm going to miss my kids, but I'm going to see them at the beginning of April. But I'm not going to say I'll, I'll get bored down here because I get bored. It's March in Brampton. <laughs> no, I'm I don't want to talk about boredom. Jesus. But before we leave, you know, listen, it's not about fitting in because I've got a, I've got a bit of a rhythm here now, too. And the days are great. But I was going to get back to the fact that me talking about missing my children, I'm not sure when we talked about this on the show, but I know we have. I went months and months when I was in my mid-20s traveling around doing my stand-up shows where my mom and dad had no idea where I was. I don't, I've said this before, did our parents not care about us? Or was it just like, like, I don't remember my parents, were, were my parents saying this to their friends? You know, I haven't, we haven't seen Howard in person in 18 months. I wonder how he's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they were nowhere near as involved in my life as I am in my kids' lives. lives. Mm-hmm. And I remember my grandparents used to go away for all the winter and I miss them, but it, it wasn't, sometimes it can be a one way street and, um, I know um, my grandchildren as desperately as I will miss them over two months. I know they won't be missing me as much because I got shit going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, does that alleviate any of it? I don't know. It's just I'm not in a position where I'm thinking, oh, I shouldn't be away from my grandkids this long for their on their part. Yeah, that wasn't really, you know, for me, it's not my. I wasn't so much as I shouldn't. But yesterday talking to both of them and I. I said, you know, we're, I really wish we could have done this because I haven't literally, I've talked to them all the time, but I haven't, you know, literally, you know, seen their faces. And then there's the other extreme, which is Dan, who's uh, talking to his son. He's like, uh, did you wish him a happy family today? Well, I don't want to get carried away with the emotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, all probably, right. he, he wouldn't have known what you were talking about anyway. He's so entrenched in <laughs> Quebecois. Quebecois, the sub city province. Um, all right. Well, anyway, so the, here we are, and uh, and uh, we've got to, we've got work to do. We've got to entertain the folks, and we've got all kinds of stuff. Um, there's, I have a whole list of stuff I've been saving for you two. But why don't you go to your list? Maybe there's something that you know we that are on both of our lists. I know. And by the way, later Dan Duran has got a uh, a presentation. He and I spoke for quite <laughs> some time yesterday. Dan's very concerned, and as we all should be about the outbreak of the AI revolution. And Dan's uncovered yet another mind-blowing element to this story. But uh, I promise, Dan, we'll get to it. New milestone in the journey. New milestone, exactly. Yeah, it's going to change the world. Yes, it is. Oh, it It is. is. It is. If it hasn't already. Yes, no, I get it. It's a major concern, especially with elections coming up. We all know that. And... 
all that's left to be uh, seen is um, how and by how much it's going to affect us. Anyway, that's our reality. We're going to have to deal with it. Anyway, Howard, um, we should do a little business here, buddy, you think? Oh, well, before we do business, though, I was going to say, do you have something that you had been uh, saving? Because there's about 10 oh, stories yeah. that I thought, oh, this will be good for Fred or Daniel. And Actually, there's a, big, there's a big story for you, Dan, but I'll be saving that as well. Okay. Um, in sports, Austin Matthews is cooking. And again, it just adds to the aggravation of what does it all mean until April? Um, probably the most, again, head scratching, like weirdest thing, which just is piled on top of who likes this guy, who could vote for this guy. When a guy running for president releases a line of fucking running shoes. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Did you, I, 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 I stopped uh, for a second. Are we still talking about Austin Matthews? Is he running? To, no, no, no. I said that was the sports thing. Oh, that was the I sports story. Another yeah, yeah. thing which leaves you scratching your head. Right. The $400 Trump sneakers. Like, you're supposed to take this seriously? And they look... Anyway, and they're gold. And you know what's interesting about you know, that more story? Grif- again, more grifting. And I know it's Trump and everything, but holy cow, people. Like, he's running for president, and he just released a line of running shoes. Like, am I wrong, or is there sort of a disconnect there? So there was an auction. You know, and what's ironic or interesting, interesting, interesting about this story as well is that not only have you seen them down their $400 gaudy, they're horrible looking sneakers. Yeah, they got uh, tea on the tongue, and then there's, uh, you know, some, you know, American flag kind of sure. gack on the top. And it's all gold and gaudy it. and shitty like him. Yeah, sh- very shiny. Uh, but like apparently. sneakers or something. So they're $400, but apparently, and Julie Fleming, our main political correspondent, sent this note. At auction, there was some kind of thing where for $9,000. Somebody spent nine grand for an autographed sneaker, like limited edition, special edition. And the irony of that is they always talk about how bad the how bad the Biden economy is. But apparently it's good enough for people to spend four hundred dollars on some shitty shoes. And one guy spent nine G's on it. They sold out. eh? Like, oh, yeah, they sold them all out. I know. Well, of course. Yeah. But how many? You know what I mean? Uh, Well, limited run, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that part of his thing? Like, I think there was a thousand of them. Or or was there there more, Dan? I don't know. I I know there were a lot, but they sold them out. Yeah. Well, again, which isn't hard when it's just a few hundred. Um, All smoke and mirrors. Anyway, to me, it's just creepy. It's like, it's creepy. But that's the reality we're in. And again, those who love them will defend it. And those that, you know, have a normal functioning brain in their head will go, yeah, well, that's not that's sort of weird. But that's where we're at with that. The other big political story, the guy that was uh, Alexei uh, Navalny, who mm-hmm. was in jail for speaking out against this dictatorial madman and, and Trump buddy, Trump buddy, Putin he just mysteriously died. He's dead now. Right. And, you know, I think most people have heard that story. The part that I find fascinating is because we're talking about Trump is that the political pundits, as they're called, were trying to make the same case about Trump, how he's being persecuted. 
and how somebody in opposition, see what happens. They're like making this argument. See what happens to somebody that speaks out, speaks out against the government. Right. Yeah. And you'll notice that um, Trump has not responded. Not a said, hasn't said a word about it. No. No, he hasn't said a word at all because it's his buddy. That's what he'd like to do to people. Exactly. Ultimately. But he's yeah. also trying to make the point that that's, what he, that's what's being done to him. Oh, no, I know. Apparently on one of his truth social po- postings, it said Trump, Biden, uh, Putin, Nalvani. Or- oh, yeah. Look, <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. And I know we always talk about Trump and the same, but, but these are all, this is world news, people. This is something that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's a twisted world. And another thing I had written down is this, you know, a fellow Canadian who I just find embarrassing now is Kevin O'Leary. And it's not it's sort of tied to Trump, but it's not. You know, Trump is uh, fined three hundred and fifty million dollars for all the, you know, the real estate shenanigans Mm -hmm. in New York State. And just to hear Kevin O'Leary talk his way through, this has been going on for years by all sorts of developers and real estate barons and everything. This is the way business is done. You know, and to her credit, there was a reporter there on CNN going, so what are you saying, that developers should be able to break the law? Because everything he was charged with, everything he was convicted of, are laws on the book. Mm -hmm. So exactly what are you saying, Mr. O'Leary? You, as a developer, should be above the law? And, of course, he didn't answer that question because, you know, he sort of got that gift as well. But, you know, I'm tired of his whole Mr. Wonderful thing, too. Have you ever seen any of those commercials? Yeah, yeah. Like, it ain't working in my mind. Like, he's trying to promote this sort of persona, which doesn't work. And then to see him, you know, sideways, um, you know, defend Trump and yet argue that they, he, should be above the law is, it's rather... It's distasteful. Yeah, when we don't do a show for four days, you think, oh, you know, how much how much Trump stuff can happen in right. such a short period of time. But there's so much. It's like an avalanche of stuff. I mean, I've written all this stuff down. And, uh, you know, at some point, I mean, the problem with it is there's there's like he's being fined. He's got to come up with almost half a billion dollars worth of fines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But none of it seems to stick to him. No. And that's the point, Howard. It's so well, so far. And that's Delisa's argument. It's so far beyond the point of no return. Why even get annoyed by it? Because it's not changing. If it hasn't changed by now. So you can, you know, it's just not. He has his people. And now it's just a question. Is it enough to win an election? Is there enough and are they placed in the right situation, in the right states, in the right, uh, you know, jurisdictions for him to win? That's all that that's that's really the only question left to be answered, because as far as, you know, are people going to wise up to him? No, <laughs> no. Well, if if by now and see Dan Duran's a perfect, you know, you're more of a casual Trump observer. You're like the typical Trump observer. You sort of know he's out there. You know about the shoes, but it doesn't bother you the way it bothers him and I. Um, there's, there's, if by now you have to wonder if none of these things, the rape, the, the defamation, the, the Florida case, I mean, sorry, the Georgia case, all in all, if none of it, like, what would, what would he have to do? What, what could he do? 
to dissuade these people? I mean, other than, you know, murder babies on TV. Uh, murdering babies might might pull it over the line, but uh, you know it's a cult, and uh, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, and people people have have you know examined the situation, and people it's in it's cult like yes. stuff going on for the people. He Trump gets away with stuff that no one else on the planet can get away with. Yep. The way he's doing it, it's just mm-hmm. it's just because it's him. He's being treated in a kind of a special way, and. Um, because nobody wants to go too far in condemning him because they want to be fair about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he takes advantage of every situation. By the way, yeah. just going back, going back on my fact checking, uh, it's a thousand sneakers that were were there, and yeah. uh, Trump did did make one comment about Navalny after a few days, and it was a tweet that he sent out, and he made it about him. The tweet was: "The sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what's happening in our country." Right. It's a slow, steady progression with crooked, radical left, blah blah blah. Well, you know, mm-hmm. a failing nation basically is his conclusion. No, uh, yeah, it's you know it's twisted, it's upside down. I I saw in that disgusting, despicable little weasel Tucker Carlson. Have you seen some of his reports out of Russia? Yeah, yeah. No, it's he's, crazy. He, he's going on about how wonderful Moscow <laughs> is. It's nicer and it's better than any American city. Yeah. So before you. Before you criticize Vladimir Putin, just realize what he's created here. Because what he, this, it wasn't easy to turn Moscow into the city that it is now. This wonderful, glistening jewel of architecture and cleanliness and 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 politeness that takes a lot of planning and management. So, and that's Mr. Putin did that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is oh, what yeah, the guy's saying. It's something else. Yeah, it really He went into so a grocery store yeah. and used grocery store things <laughs> like it was the first time ever he's been in a grocery store with the, the coin in the uh, shopping cart. No, no, I know. I saw cart. that. Like, what a wonderful like, thing what? he's discovered. I know. <laughs> That's been around for 20 years. At least. I, and, I, and I have to wonder, even like when if you're Tucker Carlson's audience and whoever that is. <laughs> Didn't anybody in the audience have that same reaction, Dan? Like, dude, we've got those, that little coin thing happens at all grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. And the mo- movator that takes the uh, the shopping cart up to the next level or whatever, you know, it, lo- the, yeah. oh, it locks in the seam, no hands. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? You've never no, seen know, this I before know. either? It's like, Wow. You know, that's that's been at the Loblaws for forever in a superstore somewhere downtown. I mean, <laughs> and, and we've talked about this, too. So I'll just repeat it quickly. You, could you have ever imagined American television personality going to Moscow to praise and prop up the leader of Russia over, and, and and compare it, compare it favorably over his own country? It's just unbelievable. He went to a McDonald's and then come out, and the whole point was that McDonald's in Moscow, you may have heard otherwise, is just as good as they are in the United States. In fact, he brought out the French fries, and he said, he said, I walked, he said, a couple hundred yards from uh, the McDonald's to this car in the freezing cold, and these French fries still taste as good or better than (laughs) you get. dumb. No, I know. I know. Like, it's, like... Like what? Like what? <laughs> no. Well, and the one thing he didn't report on, he talked about how cheap everything was, but he didn't report on how little the average Soviet citizen or Russian citizen makes. No, it was all very 
contrived. And again, I don't understand it. Or how much it costs for a Russian hooker to piss on you. <laughs> That's a, we did not yeah. talk about the hooker prices, which are, you know, fantastic. So uh, Dan Duran's going to go away, come back. And uh, there's a couple things, of course, Dan Duran uh, will be reporting on some AI breakthroughs that really are remarkable. All jokey jokes aside, it's really something. And um, if you want to get ahead of this, Dan, the um, AI demo is called Sora, S-O-R-A. Kind of like uh, my butt was Sora after I shit myself. <laughs> uh, that's coming up, and um, maybe if we have time. Apparently, a man was caught with pythons at the airport. Oh, And, of course, that's a fantastic Dan Duran story. Good launching point right there. Exactly. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to Dan's return shortly. In the meantime, Freddie, we do have some business to do. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. It's Tuesday, so Tim will be by tomorrow to talk about GICs. Yes. Uh, should you have them? Are they risk-free? We'll get that answer. Are there other plans, other alternatives to such a thing? Taxation involved, TFSAs, they... Uh, TFSAs, I mean, they often come up. Uh, that option, just more valuable information from the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Had a nice note from our uh, newest client, Mike Kazarian. Mike is a uh, broker owner of Lender's Choice Mortgages, independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance License 13582. Did you see that note he sent? Um... Or maybe he just no. sent it to me. Well, yes, I did. Well, I saw the original one where yeah. he had got some feelers. Yeah, well, he's, get he's getting more, my friend. Humble and Fred yeah. listeners have uh, figured it out. And uh, what they're getting is that with, the, with so many Canadian mortgage renewals this year and next, maybe now's the time to do something different than you've done before. And getting Mike on your side from Lender's Choice Mortgages, a mortgage broker with all kinds of experience and all kinds of banking uh, acumen, but they've kind of gone out on their own. And uh, what this does is it gives you access to all kinds of different lenders, 75 in fact, and they don't have any preference to any one. They're going to make a deal that makes the most sense for you to achieve your goals. And as they say, they can find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. And uh, a bunch of Humble and Fred people have uh, not only uh, called Mike, a couple have uh, done some deals with Mike. And he's always open for a conversation. Uh, no obligation. So get a hold of him. If you're, and by the way, the other day he said something I thought was cool, which is you may not be doing your mortgage in 2024. Maybe it's next year, but now's the time to start talking about options so that when it does come up for renewal, you can get the best and cheapest. Lenderschoice.ca. Lenderschoice.ca. Our uh, buddy Lumby is uh, standing by. Of course, Jeff and Julie uh, moved to France during a global pandemic is the name of uh, Lumby's podcast. But uh, I think I'm pretty sure Jeffrey, where's he gone? Oh, he left. I said you're right early. He's in, uh, he's in Toronto. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, great. And now he's Fantastic. gone. Fantastic. Oh. <coughs> uh, by the way, Brian... 
Brian Barnett checked in. He said, uh, we get Family Day in Ontario. Quebec will have St. Jean the Baptiste Day later mm-hmm. in the year. So that's how they make up their winter holiday, I guess. Friedrich. Mm-hmm. Was it President's Day? Yes. In the States yesterday? Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. So they've, so they've probably had the same conversations years ago. Like, we need a holiday between mm-hmm. January sure. and, and spring. Here comes Jeff. Yeah, Jeff has traveled to uh, back to Canada from France. Monsieur Lambie has uh, returned to the homeland. There he is, my sweet buddy. Um, hey. I just talked Hello, to Jeff a couple Jeff. days ago. Mm-hmm. It's sort of weird because for so long, as I mentioned, Jeff's been doing this podcast. He's moved to France. Jeff and Julie moved to France. And I don't know that this, is ever, this has ever happened where Fred and I are in different countries now and you're back in Canada. <laughs> I know. It's the best. What is that all about? I, you know, I'm, I'm here for the, uh, the very important Canadian uh, Comedy Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Um, oh, right. And uh, we're putting Steve Smith in the hall for all of his work, both on, you know, Comedy Mill and, and uh, well, Smith and Smith and then, of course, Red Green. And so that's happening this week at the Hamilton Convention Center. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got it's it's on for actually the, the whole thing is on from February 21st to the 24th. So tomorrow till Saturday. And there's a big gala on Saturday night, uh, the closing night. Sean Majumder, you know Sean yep. Howard? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Um, and uh, Elvira Kerr will be performing. Teenage Head will be there. That's the big gala. But for our night, it's the Friday, the 23rd. And uh, we're going to be inducting Steve Smith uh, from Red Green. Pat McKenna is the host. Peter Callahan, Mag Ruffin, myself. It's all going to be a lot of fun. And Ron James. Ron James is performing that night. Yeah, I'd heard that. Um, you know, I want to get back to the, you know, because uh, we want to get back to your how it began with your experience. Because Jeff was doing a morning show in Hamilton, very successful on Y95. Uh, our friend Darren was working there. Our buddy Kingsbury mm-hmm. put it together. Just give everyone a sense of like, what was going on in your life and how you met Steve and what a for- <laughs> and what a fortuitous meeting that was because you spent was it 16 seasons on that show? Well, 12, but you're basically asking me to give the entire speech because that's what my speech is about, because it was that interesting. But uh, what happened was um, he was asked to, to be the parade marshal for the Kitchener Oktoberfest parade, and I was asked to be a parade float judge. And... Uh, because the Y95 at the time was was really starting to, you know, it was starting to actually penetrate Toronto a little bit, but it was really making an impact in the Kitchener-Waterloo market. And so, uh, you know, we met there and spent, you know, they, they put you up for two or three days when, when you're doing this kind of thing in, in Kitchener. It's a, it's, a, it's a great event to be a part of. And we just hit it off. And, and then he ended up doing some things on the morning show, uh, you know, little red green type things on the morning show, and then eventually uh, asked me to be a part of the red green show. But yeah, it was great. Twelve years on the show, and lots of fun. So you're doing a speech. Will you do it as Jeff Lumby or as uh, yeah. your character? Oh, okay. 
Jeff Lundy. Well, but I'm just, you, right. you sort of said, and he just asked me to be on the show. Well, what, what is that like? I mean, at, at the time, how many years had Red mm-hmm. Green been going? And, and what is that like? Hey, Jeff, we get along and, and you're funny and I like your sense of humor. Would you like to do, could you come up with the character? How did, mm-hmm. did you have to pitch him something? No, um, not at all. He, they definitely wanted a, a, a sewage sucking guy. And, uh, you know, uh, he offered me that over lunch one day. And then then we got thinking uh, and, and he, he already had the, the character scoped out. So he said, this is a sewage sucking guy who thinks he's got the best job in the world and loves his work and is very positive <laughs> about it. So so the, but there was no name for the character. And then uh, we thought, well, this this guy needs to have a regal name. It can't be like, you know, Barney mm-hmm. Thug. It's got to be. You know, Winston Rothschild the yeah, third. Yeah, yeah, That's what we came up with. You know, so and, and the voice you do as as the character was very familiar to me because it was kind of like we used to have this character on our show, uh, Fred in Montreal, who was I, I was from Verdun. But I can't Eddie's, remember his Eddie from Eddie's Eddie, Bolorama. Eddie's from Eddie well, Bolorama, and uh, basically the voice was very similar. Yeah, it was very similar, and uh, so it's sort of like that, eh? And uh, I, I did this voice in Hamilton too on the radio. Oh, did you? Eh? Yeah, I did. Anyway, uh, it sort of morphed into Winston, and uh, because the show is very Canadiana, right? Like mm-hmm. Red Green is very Canadian, and so we definitely wanted to uh, in- include sort of a Canadian accent. If, if yeah, no, I got it. It was yeah, cool. It- and the strategy there, very Canadian, but ultimately very popular in the United States. Because often stuff, even produced in Canada, it's done with a mind to, okay, we got to make this so it might have a chance in the States. So that was never part of the thinking process, yet ultimately it becomes popular down there. You know, Fred, such a, such a great observation because it, I can't tell you how many times we were invited down, you know, as, the, as you know, like Peter Callahan and I, Ranger Gordon and I uh, would, would be invited down to Utah to the PBS station down there to be a part of the pledge drive. Uh-huh. Because the show was on PBS and, you know, we would be, we would be Utah, Ohio, all those kind of, you know, Midwestern uh, states, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Midwestern states that really grabbed onto the show, and we would be in character, and we'd be on there doing pledge drives, and you know they paid us a ton to to go do this this stuff, but it was huge down there. Well, mm-hmm. you, you you've told me over the years that whenever you guys did that, when a when a red green cast member showed up at a pledge drive, it the the money went through the roof for these people. It was crazy, crazy bucks, and then it morphed into then that's right. Peoria, Illinois, and I, I, I ended up making a great friend uh, uh, out of this, uh, Mr. Bird, and uh, he invited me to be the keynote speaker at their sewage convention. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. I remember this story. I remember you telling me that you'd been invited to the you know, sanitation people were like so enamored yeah. with your character. Yeah. Uh, which, and, and, and by and, the way, this, was, this was also a pretty big bucks gig, too. Yeah, well, and and Gary was just great. He put me up in this really beautiful uh, uh, Peoria Classic Hotel, and and back then it was like they were still smoking, and so we we had cigar nights in the hotel room <laughs> with all the guys, and uh, and but but the, but the hilarious thing is I'm I'm walking through the because it was a it was a convention, so everybody had their wares. You know, and guys mm-hmm. would be pulling me over. Hey, Winston, let me let me show you this new suction pump that we're working on. 
<laughs> like, like you can. <laughs> That's funny. So that, so that, go ahead. That speech, that speech obviously was done in character. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I was all dressed. Yeah. I, I had my costume on and all dressed up and. <laughs> Yeah. So from that meeting at the, and this is kind of what I wanted to concentrate a little bit on, because we had spoke to uh, Tim Progrosh quite a bit about the Hall of Fame, and we talked a little bit about Red Green, but I, I knew you were going to be on around this time, because I, I, again, I, I was kind of like weird about you coming back to Canada, and I'm not there. But that chance meeting uh, at the, the parade thing, and, and think about all the things that have happened to you because of that, all the Red Green, not only on the show, but as the... Plez Drive guy and the keynote speaking and then the movie. And now you were telling me on uh, the other day that you're going to be doing some animation because of it. Yeah. So, uh, well, we've been doing a, a podcast. Uh, I think it's, is it Pantheon? Yeah, there, there, there's a red green mm-hmm. podcast that you, it's, it's subscription based. Uh, and we've been doing that for three or four years now where I have a bunch of different characters on the show and Winston. And now that has morphed into uh an upcoming animated show. Unbelievable, man. He cannot stop. He cannot sit down. He cannot rest. Uh, It's, it's, but he just, he loves it. And he likes, and he likes multimedia, right? So Mm -hmm. he hasn't, he hadn't done radio. So he wanted to do radio. So that's where we got into the podcast thing. And, um, and now he wants to do animation. So he's, he's getting the animated work started. And, uh, I've already d- done some recording and then there's, there's going to be some more while I'm here. So we're going to be recording scripts for the podcast uh, tomorrow or sorry, Thursday and Friday. And then, so it's, I'm, I'm busy this week. I'm really busy. Good for you. Well, man. the, the corner gas transition to animation worked out. All right. So yeah. why wouldn't this? Why no, exactly. This? It, it, it's going to have a bit of a different feel to it, but you know, as, as everything that he does, uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's sort of it's based on on red green, but then you can take it in so many different directions, you know. Well, if anyone I, I, again, it's 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 great to great to talk about him uh, through you. But uh, it's obviously deservedly so uh, being inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame. And what a great week for you to be there with all the people that are. I'm not sure because we talked to Tim about some of the stars that will attend, but it's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there are still some tickets available. If you wanted to check it out, you can go to the uh, Canadian Hall of Fame dot com. They've got a Facebook page as well at Canadian Comedy Hall. And you know what? It, it's just a, a chance to see some great comics, as as you mentioned, Howard, and uh, also to uh, to put some people into the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. You know, you brought up a name that made me think of a show I think was ahead of its time and it was really neat. Mag Ruffman. Remember that fix it show she yeah. did or whatever oh, it was? That, you know what? That show was so good. And again, ahead of its time and and so funny. Um I don't obviously I don't know whatever became of it, but as soon as you said her name, I just got all good thoughts because mm-hmm. that was and I can't even remember the name of the show. But it was and I remember my neighbor john john he like he was in love with her i think we had her on the show one day howard and john came in to meet her yes that's right he did (laughs) we were still doing it in person yeah yeah i remember that yeah her her knowledge her breadth Uh of knowledge on you know home repairs and and tools and it's it's incredible you Mm. like it Mm -hmm. this is not somebody wrote a script for mag to read she just knows all this stuff and Mm -hmm. it's just incredibly smart and uh and 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 yeah very uh 
she's she's great on camera, obviously, but mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. she's also just a lot of fun and uh, great to be around. She's a real positive person, kind of right. like you and I, you know, very you know, good. What's, positive, oh, yeah. you know. what's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say about us. The three of us, they go, you know, when I'm just around Howard, Jeff, and Fred, I just yeah. get a, I get a good feeling. I can't put my finger on it. It's no complaining. Exactly. Ever. They're just, no, they're just always, you know, always glass half full. Exactly. You see a bright light oh, coming yeah. out of their eyes. It's just, I feel oh. different when I'm around. It's like being around um, like a mineral or a crystal. Oh. Um, well, you know what? We're, you know, we are, we're the lemonade makers. Of Absolutely. The world. That's what we, we are. Do. Exactly. Are, so are, are you staying in the hammer all week? Uh, I'm, I'm in Kitchener right now, hanging uh, out with my mom because I haven't seen her you wow. know, in a few months. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be in Hamilton for yeah Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, well, have so. fun with that. Is it? No, going to be. I was going to say the last time you were there, I picked you up at your sister's place in Kitchener, and I got to spend a nice little visit with your mom and and your sister, who I've known, and your brother-in-law Tom, who are all friends of mine for years. And man, I tell you, Lumby. You know what I think about your mom? She's just the greatest, and uh, Miss Helen. And how is she doing, by the way? You know, my mom is just uh, remarkable. Uh, I mean, she's just in in great shape. She scurries around and does her walking, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like she she's she's always managed to stay in shape. And I'll tell you what, it's it's paid off because she is totally, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, just 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 like I, I can, like I've always remembered her. Yeah, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's so great. no, she's doing great. And how old is she? If she allows that. Uh, late 80s. Yeah. Well, so, good for her. Good for yeah, her. She's doing very well. Doing very well. And, and my mom lives 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 by herself uh, in, in her own apartment and still drives. And she. Oh, yeah. She's she's Shit, Howard, Howard can hardly do that. <laughs> I I'm, I'm barely still driving. Um, and what is it like? You know, because this is only I think since you've moved to France, you know, you do a podcast and all uh, since you've moved to France. Is this the second or third time back? Yeah, something like that. Who's counting? Well, no, but I mean, you don't come back very often. Is my point. Well, and so I wanted yeah. to know when you do come back, is what what's your feeling having been now? You're an expat. You live in a different country. What uh, what strikes you upon arrival back in in Toronto? Uh, police cars, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but try and be your usual positive self. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. law. Sorry. Law enforcement and controlled <laughs> circulation. And a lovely din, a lovely noise. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just so the, the, it's just so dramatic, the two differences. Like, we really do. I, I think Julie sometimes thinks, I, yeah, I know you like your quiet, but this is this is crazy time. I mean, we it's uh, it's cocoon where we live. I mean, it's just it's very old and mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, coming back here, it's uh, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Howard, don't you get that feeling even when I'm away? As soon as the plane lands in Toronto, I just get a different feeling. Like I know when you're on on holidays, you're supposed to like kick back and relax. But I'll even go as far as to say when I'm up north at the Tin Palace. Just coming back into the GTA, just something overcomes you. And it's not good. 
No, it's, it's it's not horrible, but it's not good either. But it, yeah, it elevates yeah. your heart rate. In yes. a, in anxious, it's anxious, and I, you know, I that was one of the reasons that uh, you know I'm sorry, but that's one of the reasons that we we that I I wanted to get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a little different for me because I live right in the, yeah. the city, and it doesn't bother me so much. Although, you know, what I was saying to Fred and Dan earlier, Jeff, is I, I when I'm away this long, and again, it's not compared to you. You're away for years, but. You know, by the time it's all said and done this trip, I'll be gone for almost two months. I haven't seen my kids. By the time I see them, will be three months. So when I go back, it's a different feeling. It's, I, I'm, I'm happy to be home. The noise doesn't bother me as much, although you do get used to the, the quiet of where I am, and it's definitely a different feel. But I was, I was kind of thinking more for you, like, to see your mom and to see oh, your friends. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, no, you're away great. so that's- long. Yeah. Well, and, and I am going to be able to sneak in the last day playing with the band. So uh, I'm yeah. really oh. looking forward to that on Sunday. Uh, can't wait. Which, Does by the way, still include uh, uh, Bruce Mallory, our buddy? Yeah, Bruce? yeah. I'm going to right see on. Bruce on Sunday. It, yeah. Wait a second. Oh, Is Bruce a full time member of the Bourbon uh, Brethren? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bruce, self-taught, self-taught bassist. He's amazing, too. Apparently. I got to tell you, Bruce is just one one of the most spectacular people. He yeah, is just so great. calm and cool, and, and yeah. he's very good. Like, yeah, self-taught, and he's a really good bass player. But he's well, so nice to have around, you know? Our, um, yeah, he is. Um, love the man. No one yeah. about 30 he made years a big, um, He made a big difference at our Christmas get-together there at Kelsey's. Yeah. He helped us out so much. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's Bruce. Yeah. Yep. Um, interesting that you uh, brought up the band because what I wanted to finish with today is uh, something that you know Jeff uh, shared with me, and I wanted to share with everyone else. And, and here's the thing, you know, I've got two people on the show with me right now, Frederick and uh, Jeff here. For you people who don't know them, that I've known for a very long time, and both of them have this skill that isn't often on display, but you both share this, and that is the skill of having a beautiful singing voice. Fred, of course, legendary snow removal machine, um, on and on and on. And, uh, and Jeff and I, when we worked together, we did a bunch of parody songs, but uh, Jeff carried the, uh, the vocals. I was just there as support. So um, Jeff, maybe just give us a little background as to why you, you were trying to do this song that I'm about well, to play for people, uh, and I'm yeah, going to play get, it. I get a little nerdy with my studio, and... Uh, I wanted to bring in some plugins. And if you don't know what plugins are, just briefly, they're, you know, like equalization and compression and reverb. And you can order them. Uh, they're virtual. Uh, and you bring them into your session. And I'm thinking, okay, so I, one of them was the Capital, the Capital Studio Reverb Unit from the 50s. You can, you can order this. You can bring it into your, your studio. And uh, I thought the only way... To possi- properly test this reverb unit is to sing a Frank Sinatra song. Yes. So there you go. That's <laughs> and, and and just think about this, Fred. The technology exists. I find this part fascinating. The technology exists that you can recreate the sound of a studio, whether it's right. the Sinatra studio or the Beatles at Appy Road. You can make that happen technically. And so Lumby sends this to me, and I was a little. You, you, you said uh, you said here it is. Be kind. Like I'm not going to be. Anyway, uh, because, you know, I'm such a fan of uh, the way you when sing. you're laid back and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not, I'm not going to go, well, the vocals were, you were a bit pitchy. But, Freddie, <laughs> have a listen to this. So this is Lumby kind of doing a, simil- a sort of a frank uh, tribute, but uh, using similar technology that Sinatra would have used when recording songs like this in the 50s. 
it's quarter three There's no one in the place Except you and me So set em up, Joe I got a little story I think you should know If this were AGT, this is where everyone would start to scream. <laughs> we're drinking, my friend, to the end of a brief episode. Make it one for my baby, and one more for the road. Come on. That was beautiful, Lomi. Very nice. Very, very Thank nice. You. Smooth Thank as silk. God damn it. Silk. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the that's the reverb unit. That that's the reverb unit talking there. No, oh, that was Jeff, really stop. Please. Uh, very, very good, Jeffrey. Uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. Comes out every Friday. Another episode uh, waiting for you to uh, download uh, wherever you get uh, podcasts. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much. It was great seeing you both, and we'll catch you when I'm back there and you're here. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, you got to come back in the summer and go to Duran's new unit. You got to see his new unit. We're talking about the trailer, not the unit, not the yeah, not not the trailer hitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we've all seen his unit, and no one needs to see it again. Um, uh, all right, Jeffrey, have fun this weekend. Uh, be see okay, Ron guys, James. Tell so him I say hi. All right, buddy. Bye. There you go. See you, Jeff. Listen to this guy's voice. It's nice. It is very nice. And it's not just the plug-in or whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> you never know it, but, um, buddy, I'm a kind of poet. All right, let me see you later. And I've got okay. Cheers, guys. other things I'd see you, man. to say. Bye-bye. All right. No, I'm trying. Yeah, just hit end. You know, <laughs> make it awkward. Just go. Yeah, you're, it's funny how you, uh, when you mess around singing, you know, when you're like, I don't know what you call it, like sort of, you know, like you're mocking singing, but you really do have a, like you both really have nice voices. I mean, Jeff, Jeff's recorded a lot of singing with his family. Uh, his mom used to have a kids show, but. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, anyway, not to overplay the technology, but the technology available for one guy to sit down and create that, it's got to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially if you have something to work with, right? Well, yeah, and he knows... Like a voice. Not only can he sing, but he also understands the technology, and he was explaining it to me in much more detail the other day, but I was fascinated by the idea that, you know... You can go back and and recreate something that was sort of historic at the time just because, you know, technologically it's now possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just, uh, you can tell you what, let me just send a note here to this gentleman who is a little bit early. Let me say. uh, Okay. Why don't you do a little uh, Humble and Fred business here? Let me get you some music. Let me get you some music. And then... Uh... Okay, hang on. Here we go. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. I don't hear it yet. There it oh, is. Oh, there, there you it go. Is. 
Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have won four games in a row. Things seem to be going well. Austin Matthews has 49 goals. Okay? Wow. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, they're in Phoenix to play the Arizona Coyotes. As we all know, Austin is from the Phoenix area. Wouldn't that be something if he scored his 50th goal? At home. That would be wonderful. What I'm going to do over the next 24 hours, what's, hey, what are the odds on him scoring number 50 at home tomorrow night? I'll have that for you tomorrow. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Boat Dog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully-loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. I don't know that I knew that. Maybe I knew that at one time that he was from uh, the States. I think I knew that, but I didn't know where. I got a bunch of friends that are in my uh, golf group, my golf chat. There's probably 40 guys in there. And, you know, in the the non-golf season, they are huge Leaf fans. I know I can see on my phone when any time there's a Leaf game that's starting, Mm -hmm. the chat turns to all things Maple Leafs. But here's well, the thing. Not, oh, no, I was okay. say, not here, only is... Oh, okay. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what, what I feel bad for them, though, because they're all excited about Austin Matthews' season. Deservedly so, but I always default, and I don't weigh in on the leaks with them, but I always think of that. I always think, well, this is great, but it's February 20th. You know, talk to me at the end of April. I'm just having that conversation with Buddy Doug. It's over already. This team will do nothing in the playoffs. They're just not built for it. Sorry. Not going to happen. And Austin Matthews will score all these goals. The playoffs will start. They'll focus on him, and he'll dry up like every other year. Yeah. Really, honestly, it's over now. But you mentioned the fact that he's from the United States. Not just the United States, but Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, weird. Matthew Nyes, another young player they have, who's really got great potential. He plays for them now. Good player. He's from Phoenix, Arizona as well. So what what are the chances? Well, I have a friend uh, who's a very famous golf instructor from Canada. In fact, he was just named uh, Golf Digest, put out the uh, top 100 teachers in America, and he's mm-hmm. ranked number seven. I used to, I was visiting him in Phoenix when I had my first heart episode. His son, the point is, his son is in the Phoenix minor hockey system. (laughs) And it's, you know, I don't know that it rivals Toronto, but it's a big system. There's a lot of kids playing in it. Wow. Um, I'm oftentimes... Maybe maybe that's why Gary Bettman wants to keep the team there. Uh, Because, you know, they've threatened to leave many times, but they don't want it to leave. Well, I don't know about the, the situation professionally. I just know that Marty's been there for a long time, and his kid, who is now 15 or 16, has been playing, had the opportunity to play minor mm-hmm. hockey the same way he would have if he, if he had lived here. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's encouraging. Because, you know, uh, the whole idea is to grow the game everywhere, and if you're growing it in the desert, that's not a bad thing, is it? Yeah, I wonder what the beginning of that was like. I wonder who started. Was that because of some expats? Was that like because Austin Matthews must have had access to that system, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years ago? Well, his parents say he used to play baseball and he played all the sports, but just loved hockey, was fascinated by it and obviously was good at it. And then in 1996, I think the Winnipeg Jets moved to Phoenix. So they are the original Winnipeg Jets. Mm hmm. 
down there. But they've struggled, but Gary Bettman's been out of it to keep them there. And right now they only play in a 5,500-seat arena, and they don't even know if they're going to get a new one, which bothers a lot of people within the NHL. They think it's bad for imaging, not good for the players that play there. Yeah, I guess. Because it's a minor league rink. Yeah. Um, Let me just take a second and talk about something that is major league, and that is the company known as Boron One. Let me tell you, my friend, things are happening. A couple of uh, notes here on the Boron One news page. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were an- announced an early warrant exercise incentive program. That means something. And uh, they were granted a new exploration license as Boron One progresses through the exploitation approval. Again, that's for grown-up people to decipher. All I can tell you from a... Uh, this perspective of, you know, being sort of dumb about the whole thing is this. What they're doing, as we've explained over and over again, is they're a junior mining company that got to this point in the exploration process, which is one in a thousand. And in the next uh, period of time, you're going to see some uh, other news about Boron One because those things I just mentioned that they were granted are on the way to actually creating and operating a mine. And so maybe now is the time for you to check out this company. Of course, we make no claims about their stock price and what might happen. As always, check with somebody that knows more than we do. But do check out the company, boron1.com, because there is going to be movement at some point, and uh, maybe you'd like to be part of it. That's boron1.com. You know where they are having uh, good attendance uh, numbers, by the way? Yeah. Did you see this story? About the um, the professional women's hockey league, the PWHL match between Toronto and Montreal last week drew nineteen thousand fans to the Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, impressive. It is impressive. I just wondered why I saw that story. I thought, I thought, what is the Fredman? Think of that: twenty thousand people for a women's hockey game. Of course, it's Toronto, Montreal. So, what is what is this? What is that all about? What's the future of this league? Do you want the positive Fred or the rational? You give Fred? me the both positive and rational. Positive? Oh yeah, it's wonderful. It's fantastic. It's the first year, but let's see what let's see what the situation is three to four years from now. The novelty of it is right over the top now. Yeah. And how they distributed those tickets and everything. You know, um, I hope everyone was purchased, and I think that would be great. And if there's a if there's a vehicle or there's a way for women's professional hockey to survive, I, it's fantastic. But in the end, you're going to have to sell tickets and lots of them if this is ever going to be a viable way for women to make a living. Sure. And I'm just not sure long term that's going to be the case. Um, but, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, but but better to have a good a start. A, oh, no, no, absolutely. I just think it's a bit of a novelty now. But, you know, three, four years from now, it's going to be a, tr- a ticket-driven league because, you know, the, the media money won't be there. It just won't be. They're, uh, just speaking of media, their New Year's mm-hmm. Day game between Toronto and New York drew uh, 2.9 million viewers in Canada. Making yeah. it the most watched Surprise. program in the country that day. They're averaging, by the way, outside of Toronto, Montreal, that game. They're averaging uh, over the thirty first thirty games in the league. They're averaging uh, fifty three hundred people 
per game. Right, right. And, and to your point, listen, when, when the WNBA started, mm-hmm. I would have thought the same thing. It's a novelty and, you know, it's all ticket driven, etc. Mm-hmm. You don't think it's the same? You don't think it's analogous? Analogous? Oh, no, it's just the WNBA isn't the super success story you might think either. It's a struggle. For Absolutely, it's a struggle. But it's that won't this be sort of a similar level of success? The thing is, they, I look at it this way. Like the Toronto team plays in a 2,500-seat arena, the Mattamy Center, the top of the Maple Leaf, top of the old Maple Leaf right. Gardens. And you play a 24-game schedule. So you get 12 home games selling 2,500 tickets. If this is to be a way for women to make money, because that's the idea. Why shouldn't they be able to make a living off hockey like men? Yep. And some might, might question that comparison. They got, they got a big job ahead of them. Because if they played an 82-game schedule and 41 of them were at home, there is not going to be, I guarantee it, eighteen to 19,000 fans in the Scotiabank Arena 41 times No, for women's hockey. Just not going to happen, sorry. Because the actual product, if you slice everything away, the novelty of it, it's great that it's women playing and everything. The product isn't that good. If you just look at the hockey, if you turned on the television mm-hmm. set, had no idea who that was playing, you'd go, ooh, you know, this is this it's playing or it's just not. So like anything else, it's the entertainment business. If they learn or they succeed to entertain people at at competitive ticket prices over the next few years, that's great. I'm just a little skeptical. Well, and, and okay, but, you know, all, all that aside, it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, again, as I say, it's better that they got some people than none. And whether the novelty right. wears off or not, listen, the beginning mm-hmm. of the LPGA, I'm sure they face similar issues. But the, where, the way that tour is now, the product is fantastic. But the, a lot of the sponsorship mm-hmm. is female-centric. Right. So it's not just the bums in the seats. It's the product on that. It's the product that sponsors will be attracted to. And cynicism aside, it's a market that the NHL doesn't uh, isn't Mm similar. It's a different market that they're going for is what I'm trying to say. And again, not to get too deep into it, I would argue um, the product of female golf and tennis is much better than the product of female hockey and basketball. But it will get better. Uh, Hopefully. Can it? Can hockey little get physically better like i i don't know that would be my question is this the best we've seen because they've been around for a while and again i'm i'm not answering these questions i'm just asking them understood and my friend that that's that is going to be the challenge for them and you know i've heard this argument which is women's hockey to survive needs women half the population yeah I are know. females so female, it's going to be up to females to go out and support it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I know they had another league that wasn't yeah. as successful. Uh, mm-hmm. I only bring it up because I thought that number was uh, pretty good. Um, let's get to, let's get our uh, our guest here. Let's get uh, Nick settled in a second. Uh, Nick Ines is uh, rejoining this program. And do you have uh, the information in front of you? Yes. Good boy. Mm-hmm. Let me get uh, let me get Nick on here. Let me, get, let me get them all settled up in our very first uh, official episode. We had Nick on a few weeks ago, and it worked out so well that we've decided to go into business with Nick. There he is. There's Nick. Nick, doing, uh, guys? we're great, man. Let's want to make sure your great. mic's on. Everything sounds great. Now I'm going to get Excellent. some. I'm going to get some music on here for you. 
All right. All right. Let's. Pardon me. I was hoping for that. I was hoping for that today. Oh no, dude! You're getting the uh, full business now. Uh, welcome back to our program. As I mentioned a second ago, someone that we thought was such a good fit with us, we decided to go into business. Nick Inus is the founder and CEO of Fusion Corp Developments, Inc. in Toronto and author of Building Toronto's Skyline, a new book he's uh, written. We were promoting it a little while ago. And uh, now here he is. Uh, and we're calling this, by the way, we got a name. We have a name and everything for the segment. It's time for The Condo Report with Nick Inus. Hey, Nick, how are you, man? Yeah, I love it, guys. I'm doing great. Thank you. So I'm, uh, I'm pleased to be back with the Legends of Radio. What can I say? That's oh. what we like to hear. Well, we're, uh, thrill- we're thrilled to have you as a partner, Nick. That's great. My, my pleasure as well. You know, I hope, that get, I hope that doesn't get tiresome after a while. <laughs> you know, you keep calling us the Legends of Radio. You can do this for nothing. Uh, listen, man, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of conversations uh, on and off the air about condos. And the, the situation in Toronto, and, and you're so involved in it. So let's just give everyone a little bit of a background on you, and then we can talk about the state of the union for the condo market. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you, you, so I'll, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm the uh, CEO of uh, Fusion Corp Developments, Inc., and, and ever since the early 2000s, I've been in the condo industry working as a uh, high-rise project, condo project manager, and in 2005, I incorporated Fusion Corp Developments and as a construction manager and a developer. And uh, we've been going ever since. And we're a nicely Terion registered vendor builder. And we're very excited about this industry. It's our passion and we live it and breathe it. So I'm here to t- talk about anything related to condos and more. Uh, also, there's so many interesting topics today happening in the news and mm-hmm. we're certainly happy to talk about that as well including affordability and whatnot but that aside you know you you talk about being a project manager condo project manager you know how often i'll drive a building uh drive by a building under construction often condos of course in toronto and just you know the um the logistics i'm thinking how does this guy know it's time to do that when this guy brings this over here at this time and makes this building go up the coordination that's involved and you were responsible for all that at one point i like it's got to be crazy i'm not at all all point i'm doing it right now as we speak on multiple projects so yes it's uh you know you have to learn uh the once you you do it a few times Mm -hmm. you have the experience the knowledge uh, construction is about timing, so if you screw the timing up, your project gets screwed up. So, mm-hmm. schedule is such an important aspect of the construction process, especially in condos. And there's a, there's a trick to the trade. So, I bet but I can't I can't give you all my secrets in one no, episode. Well, no, no, that's fine. But it, I, I share with Fred. We've talked. We actually have had that conversation. I've got. I live at Queensway in Islington, and in my neighborhood are four or five big projects, condos, mm-hmm. cranes in the air, and and I ask these guys. I say, you know, I sometimes I'll just look at them, and I'm thinking somebody has figured out. When yes. it's time to pour the concrete for this particular section, and there's a bunch of people with big brains that have figured it out. And, and as Fred just said it to you, like, we're fascinated by the grown-up aspect of that. And you just slough it off like, well, once you've done it a couple of times. <laughs> but what is that like when you have so many balls in the air? 
Well, I mean, you have to be organized. You have to be, uh, you ha- it's, it's sort of like um, you have to prepare yourself. You don't just get ready for that pour that day. Mm-hmm. You're prepared mm-hmm. a long time ago for, for, that, for that pour. Um, so it's really about, you know, everybody's got a, a, a role to play. We're like the conductor, so to speak, right. conducting the orchestra. And yeah. everybody plays a part in it, and, and, the, and the conductor is the person that has to sort of lead the, lead the forces, lead the, the various sub-trades to, to make a as perfect as pro- project as you can make. But no, no project is perfect. Mm-hmm. And just to excuse our fascination, because I, I you know, I can I screw up a, a prefab shed. I can't <laughs> even put together. So <laughs> it's true, man. It never fits. I believe, I believe it. I believe so, it. So what exciting things are uh, on the horizon right now? You mentioned uh, for our company. Yeah. Specifically? Well, we have about uh, eight projects on the go right now. Uh, six are uh, basically in construction. We're launching. The exciting one is that we're doing a, a project in Orangeville, and it's uh, it's launching soon. So I'm curious, and this is a great test to the marketplace. This is what I was here to talk about today is the state mm-hmm. of the market today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how are projects going to launch in 2024? Because that's uh, – we're we're at a the market has taken a hit uh, over the last couple of years. Costs are uh, on the rise or have been on the rise for quite some time. So it's good to see we're going to see how our uh, condo market rebounds this year. You know, condos as an you know again I've lived in Toronto half my life now and. You know, when the Sky Dome, that's what we used to call it. I got here in 1989, the year the Sky Dome was built. And at that point, from the west on the Gardner heading east, you could still see it. And and I don't know if people, if you look at a, a, a shot of the skyline then, and that's part of, you know, partly your book, Building Toronto Skyline. What you've seen is the development of such a different skyline due to all the condos. And just and, and, and I'm sure you cover this in the book, but let's just talk a little bit. What was the genesis? What was the, the reason there were so many built so quickly in this uh, city? Well, like I said, I think I brought this up on the previous discussion. Is the uh, the legislation, the Greenbelt legislation, was a big factor in contributing to higher densities in Toronto, and uh, and so that that uh, added to the proliferation of uh, the condo and uh, condo industry. Um, you mentioned Orangeville. Um, in a situation like that, because I guess there's not a lot of condos in Orangeville. Um, with that increased demand, are you finding that a lot of retired people who are looking at condos are actually looking to outlying areas now as an option? It's like I can kill two birds with one stone. I can get out of the city and I can live in a condo. I think so. so. We're going to see a lot of that going forward. Well, there are already a lot of condos mm-hmm. all over the place. They're in uh, Orangeville, in Aurora, in uh, Newmarket, in, mm-hmm. you know, we're building in Belleville and Whitby. Um, we had a project in uh, Port Dalhousie and uh, St. Catherine. So there's a lot of areas outside of Toronto. Toronto is a great city, uh, but, you know, you, people uh, have the ability to work uh, remotely and they want to go to different places and sometimes places that are more affordable as well. Good point. Okay, well, listen, man, there's going to be lots of discussion uh, and if anyone has any questions, I would say, listen, you can get a hold of us 
Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Nick's going to be on regularly, and we're going to be talking all about this uh, fascinating market and the impetus behind... Pardon me? That sounds amazing. I, w- I was going to do the State of the Union. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not wrapping you up just yet. You've got a couple oh, minutes okay. left. I was going to okay. say so, because yeah. if you have any questions about this or even questions about Nick's projects, uh, it's all open. FusionCorp.ca is the um, is the number, is the, uh, is the uh, website. But, Nick, what is the State of the Union as we wrap things up today? Well, the State of the Union, well, Biden's supposed to say say the State of the Union as well in March. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. I don't, hopefully I don't talk like him, I'm sure. <laughs> That'll be a problem. But uh, so the uh, the State of the Union is that the condo market, it's, uh, you know, we've got a few market indicators that are affecting housing. Uh, you know, our, our GDP growth is supposed to be slow in the first two quarters, if not negative. That's supposed to be improving, and interest rates are, are going to start to ease in the uh, in the second half as well. So we need to watch the inflation numbers, and uh, I believe there was a report that just came in that inflation came down in January, which is great for our industry. So as we uh, get interest rate cuts from the Bank of Canada, mortgages are supposed to ease as well. And we've had a decline in the home prices, so I think people are going to be uh, waiting in the wings to start buying again, and, and that's our hope for the uh, for the condo industry in 2024. So I'd like to see how our project goes in Orangeville, and I'll talk a little bit more about that on the next segment, perhaps. Sure. And and that's kind of my short and sweet. Uh, State, State of the Union. <laughs> well, there you have it. The first uh, of many condo reports. The condo report with Nick Ines and uh, Nick Mann. Thank you very much. The uh, site again, FusionCorp.ca. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, my friend. Take care. It was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. See you next. And I like the fact that he calls us the legend of radio. The very few people refer to us as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very few people refer to us as that. All right. See you guys. Take care, man. See you, man. Take care. Bye. There you go. Are you all caught up to date, by the way? No, Howard. Uh, please help me out there. Talk about, oh, the Chambers Commerce Group Insurance Plan Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. They've been a supporter, a partner of the Humble and Fred Show for several years now. And no wonder. The Chambers Plan is fantastic for small business, such as HumbleandFredRadio.com Incorporated, our, our, our official name. And we became members years ago, and the benefits have worked to our benefit, of course. Dental and prescriptions and travel insurance therapies we've used. Uh, there's a mental health component. Uh, how about an HR component? It's all there. If you go to chamberplan.ca, you can get a free quote. Learn all about it. Different levels that you can buy in at. But just know that 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. They've been around for 40 years. It just works for small business. Oh, yes, it does. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca. Very well done. And uh, let me just get rid of this. Let me dump this music. Let me dump it. Uh, as we say in the business, let me dump that, and uh, then I can get uh, the other things ready for uh, the return of Dan Duran. And, uh, yeah. When Dan comes down, is there going to be a showing? Like, you know, you know, he's known around the world for, you know, the, his main attribute. Do you, will you, like, have a, an actual showing? <laughs> okay. and what does that, that mean? Like a week an- will start? <laughs> 
Do you mean like, will I invite people over to have a look yes. at it? Like, like have a, a look. You'll have a sheet over it. And it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. And then pull it back. So like a, uh, would it be like an art gallery thing or more like the elephant this man? Is, yes. <laughs> what, uh, what do you what mean you exactly? Want? Like, um, just uh, an unveiling and showing. Like, right. You know, he's, he's here. You've heard he's in Mexico. Yes, he's in Mexico. Mexico. That's right. Yes. Dan, um, Fred's just asked me. If while you're down here, uh, we'll be having a showing of your of your uh, <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> so a public show, a public showing where we listen, Dan, we can make some money covering your flight, <laughs> your flight expenses. Yes, Dan, think outside well, the box. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on down. Well, thanks for all of that. That's a uh, but some but, great but, ideas, but Dan. There. It would great be ideas. it would be tasteful. We'd have you behind like a, a, a velvet rope, a roped off area, mm-hmm. and it's people. I would be like, you know, okay, no one gets to touch it. That's too much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's I mean, tasteful so far. That's so far, tasteful. is tasteful. Yeah, yeah. There'd be a big a big sheet, <laughs> and uh, I'd be there. You know, I'd be I would be yep. talking about the background of it, and uh, yes, yes, we'd have some tasteful yes. music yes. playing. Some of your world music would be playing. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds a little bit like a sideshow with the, uh, about the, <laughs> the jugglers. Is there jugglers? That's right. Howard, Howard would Howard would talk about some of its accomplishments. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Dan, I love how Dan's where sounds, it's been. <laughs> it's, it sounds a little bit like a sideshow. Yes, slightly. Um, <laughs> anyway, Dan. Well, but Dan, listen, nothing's off the table at this point. As long okay. as you're open to, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, a central square here. We could uh, book that for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quite the immersive mm, Mexican absolutely. experience. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Si, senor. Senor Grande. You got to... It's like any other wonder of the world. You must share it with people. Today. Exactly. Right. Um, yes, we'll have to find out the uh, Mexican name for it, though. What, well, you're uh, close to Tulum there, and then Chichen Itza must be right around the corner. That's Those right. Are, you know, yeah. So... How about El Caco? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The wonder of the world. El Caco is in town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, okay, Dan, but again, nothing's off the table. Okay. Everything's up All for right, grabs. Yeah, okay, it's, you know. um, we're going to get to Dan Duran's news today, brought to you by these fine people. Feeling stuck on the sidelines. Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle. Yeah, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right. Hang on a second, Dan. I know I haven't got a second screen, but here. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan the Anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the Anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house The matrimonial home of Mr. and Mrs. Duran 
With news and information, here's movie anchorman Dan J. Gebert Duran. Okay, the sun may be shining, but last week our dystopian future just got a little bit closer. OpenAI released, you know, they've got chat GT, GPT out there. They released a new model called Sora. It's a new high-quality generative AI model that generates video slowly, uh, solely from text instructions. Now, what's different about this is that there has been some some uh, models out there that have done something similar, but nothing like this. What's different is the quality, the length of time it can generate, up to 60 seconds. It can take uh, an existing still image and generate a video from it. It can also take an existing video and extend it. Uh, or uh, fill in missing frames. Useful things in some ways, but it also is going to take uh, a lot of jobs with it when you th- when you actually see what it can do. Now, I've sent uh, Howard. You've you've seen it before. Yeah. It's been in it's the media this past week. And uh, I don't know, Fred, you looked on the link or not, but the uh, the images, the little movies that it has been making, are unbelievable unbelievably realistic especially people when you look at people it's there's not you don't look at it and say oh you know that's uh, that's how uh, it's weird mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. it's just not it's it looks realistic they've got uh, all you have to do is do a quick search on sora and find uh and go to open ai's website and you can see exactly what it is there's probably 15 20 videos there of things that they've generated what's uh i think a lot of people are worried about is that the the uh it, it it'll take jobs away in so many you know in so many creative fields um, like prototyping or concept art kind of stuff um, and uh, as far as <clears throat> you know it's the beginning of removing actors from the uh, from the scene excuse me my cold's still taking effect here yeah it's okay mm-hmm. um my, I'll just jump in and tell you that uh, I watched about ten minutes of this stuff uh, yesterday Fred. And, and Dan and I were on the phone talking while I was looking at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now I've got your cold. Mm. Um, it's not just the animals and the, the, the background, the, the, you know, the, the rendering of a mountain. It's, there's, a, there's a scene where it's a, a bunch of human beings in Tokyo. And the faces are so realistic that, as we were saying, you, wouldn't need, you don't need actors anymore. Because... Because it's so realistic, it, and it's sometimes you know you see that CGI stuff or or, or um, AI stuff, and it looks a little bit hokey. But this stuff doesn't. It's actually so good, it's scary. Well, that's what scares the shit out of me. Because fellas, it's still in its infancy, and we're having these conversations. And what bothers me for young people going forward, like say you've chosen like a profession, a skill, an art. Like you got from this day forward, you're just a, like, what does what does my future hold? You know, like how long am I going to be able to exercise this before through AI? It's no longer needed. And as you said, Dan, it's going to affect so many livelihoods and so many professions. Like people are going to live with that over their head all the time. I mean, that's what a lot of the the actor strike or whatever it was was over, right? The fear of what's coming. So can you imagine working in so many industries and never knowing? Like, how do you decide to buy a car, buy a home, have a family if this is over your head all the time? It's scary shit for people. Well, it's just going to subtract all these these jobs. And the more and more this goes on, the more the uh, intellectual side of our society will be eliminated. 
You, it, yeah. I think we were talking about this uh, last night, uh, last night, Howard, where originally all the uh, robots and stuff were going to take uh, the monotonous labor jobs right. off the, off the, the automation field. jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the opposite where, where those jobs are going to stay like, you know, a plumber, you're not going to have a robot come into your, your house and fix the plumbing. You still need a person to do that. But, um, you know, it's pretty easy to pull somebody out. Like, just imagine, you know, like for example, for in a movie is the easiest thing to extrapolate from this is you're, uh, you're, you want an aerial shot of, uh, you know, Istanbul or something. So instead of going and finding a, a film crew and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm whatever it is you need to, to get a, a, a camera up in the air, all those people that, that are required to do that, just some guy at an office desk can sit down and generate this kind of thing if they're, they've subscribed yeah. to this particular service. Like so I that's just... I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we've made this point. What's so exciting... Not exciting. What's so extraordinary about this, it is exciting, is that mm-hmm. unlike a lot of technology where somebody would have to write the code for what we're talking about... Why this is so such an advance, as Dan has pointed out to me, and he, by the way, he called me yesterday in a panic, and he, he was like, I, "I said, Dan, is everything okay? Has there been a death in the family?" He said, "No, but I need to speak about. We need to talk about AI. What's so advanced about this is that in order to create." A aerial shot of Istanbul uh, with a thousand extras, uh, you know, running toward each other. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is type that sentence, mm-hmm. and it's rendered. It's unbelievable. It and that's what's yeah. so um, about this. Uh, what is it called again? About this uh, Sora demonstration is what they show you is the sentence or paragraph they typed to create the image, and it's crazy, dude. Um, it's like uh, two puppies, two, um, you'll love this, it's two golden um, Labrador puppies playing in a field. And then all of a sudden you see what that looks like. And it's, it's unbelievable. Howard, the summer before last, in Dan's old trailer, which has been put to rest. Oh, no. His son, <laughs> his son Colton sat there in front of a computer and did it for Didn't he, Dan? He just typed stuff in yeah. to his computer. This is two summers ago, a kid in a trailer in Burley Fall. He just typed some things in, and what come out was fascinating then. And as I say, we're in the infancy, and it's only going to get... And, Dan, you say, you know, you're always going to need a, a plumber to come into your house. Who knows? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose. But what about a kid like Colton? Because what he does is being widely affected by this. What is it? You get into the AI generation business or like, is that going to be an industry? Or Well, I don't know. I was talking to him about that. And he said, well, I like the kind of like what is there an industry in writing prompts? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to create something, you still need to sit down and create a prompt and sort of, you know, work with the engine to figure out what it is you specifically want. He thought that 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 for about five minutes that works, but then it gets so simple to do that you don't need somebody to do that. So, yeah. So his job is definitely uh, because he wants wants to be a concept artist. And those Mm -hmm. those jobs are quickly drying up. Scary. Well, Dan, uh, thank you for this report. On, yeah, I wish uh, I had a solution. I don't know what the well, there's solution no, you is. You know what? The solution problem. is, here's the solution, as I said to you on the phone. Uh, we're only going to be alive for maybe 20 more years, and uh, it'll be someone else's problem. <laughs> Throw it off to the young. Throw it God. off. Let, like, Let them hey, figure it out. What, we're not, we're not going to do anything. But I do, but I do have some uh, 
But we, what, you know what we should do? We should do what we can, which is set up a Dandoran unveiling here in Puerto Aventuras. <laughs> and uh, I'll be your MC. And in Spanish, I'll say, Ven a ver al hombre del paquete gigante conocido en todo el mundo como el caco. But um, on a serious note, Howard, do you, think, do you ever think we'll reach like a breaking point, a tipping point, where generally big corporations, uh, industry, stop down and go, we've got to stop this advancement because... No. But, well, here's the thing, though. If you keep eliminating jobs and livelihoods, who's going to buy the product that you produce? Like, does that ever have a... A tipping point or a, a break point? Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that. We, it's hard to go back to being serious after we've no, yelled know, about El Caco in the, in the center square. I, yeah, there'll be always, there'll always be people. I know you're disturbed, but there's always going to be people to buy products, and there's always going to be people to uh, be able to afford, and uh, yeah. I don't have well, that's the, the path to dystopia, yes, actually, yes. because there's no like corporations, huge corporations may do some lip service to that, what you're talking about. But in general, it's a, you know, it'll be a race to the bottom because they don't. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. like, how do we make a profit? Maybe is not as much as we used mm-hmm. to. And then, you know, year mm-hmm. over year, it just gets smaller and smaller, but they'll still try over the same thing or buy each other out or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, you know, maybe a, a guaranteed annual income or something, because if all the jobs are taken by, by, um, yeah, by computers, then it, you know there are are just, uh, you know, the Star Trek future of everything wonder being wonderful and no money and all that, that's never going to happen. So what do we do instead? I don't know. You're right, Howard. This is too depressing. Let's get back to El Gucko. I was, I was trying. I was trying to. Well, I, I, I was thought, trying. I, I thought we were done, and I give the El Caco speech, and then you're like, okay, but on a serious note, what about the children? I don't fucking know. Okay, you win. You win. That's Fuck, man. Meanwhile, he's like talking about why won't we have Star Trek? I don't know. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know, Dan. There's no utopia. There's dystopia. Meanwhile, you're fucking. Meanwhile, he's talking about what, what about a guaranteed income for everyone? Okay. Yeah. How'd that get by you, Patterson? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, because I, you know why? In this context, like I, I, that might be a solution. I don't know. I don't know. We just you know, have we, questions. We, we laugh about yeah. you know dying and passing it off to our kid. That yeah, that's jokey joke joke, but that's also reality. Yeah, it is. You fear for them and your grandchildren, which you're going to have. And yeah, and, and one thing that gives me hope, and the many things that give me hope, is oh, that yes. hopeful, hopeful. Oh, very hopeful, hopeful it's Howard. Hopeful. Hope, yeah, that's your slogan. Hope, hopeful Howard. I'm given. Uh, I'm well. I am. I'm hopeful that it is because people will work it out, and our kids will work it out, and their grandkids yes. will work it out, and and yes. they'll have problems, and and yep. you know, wanting everybody to be problem free is one of the problems that people have in this world. Dan, there's going to be issues, and people will figure it out. And there won't be a need for uh, guaranteed annual incomes. People will find a way. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, remember, we talk about televisions. You know, televisions came along, but they, those created jobs. Cars came along, created jobs. Yeah. Planes come along, created jobs. All this stuff eliminates jobs. 
that's that is the there's lots of other things that came along and in this and and and, and, you know listen you could argue that television took away jobs too because of all the old radio people that i mean you you know listen Mm. no can we just get back to el caco for fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) fuck you know yeah. Fucking no! You're right. You're right. Okay. The three of us right. literally, our combined IQs won't fucking cover this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. True, man. True. Can you get internet in a dirt cave? You think? <laughs> Dan. Oh, they'll oh, figure. Dan, according to Howard, they'll figure yeah, it out. The people are going to figure it out. Dan. <laughs> Dan, right. can you tell me the difference? Here's a joke for you, Dan, to end the show. What's right. the difference between casual dining? And a pirate orgy. I don't know. Well, in the first case, you come as you are, but in the second, you are as you come. <laughs> See, Dan? <laughs> you are as you come. First, you come as you are, and the second one, you are as you come. All right, everybody. Hopefully, there'll still be a world tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan. Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. And here's something you can do to help us out. Tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, maybe share an episode, rate it. Give us all the stars or hearts or whatever's there to give us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, in charge of our dystopian universe. <laughs> so go out there and enjoy every goddamn day while you can. Gracias, Señor El Caco. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?